Welcome to the Mind and Body Strong podcast, a place for women to redefine their relationship with food and their body, tune into their inner wisdom, and become the best version of themselves. My name is Katie Pijanowski, and I'm an anti-diet and body image coach, certified personal trainer, and lover of all things travel, brunch, and personal growth. Join us each week as we share insightful conversations with guest experts, along with my own personal stories and teachings that aim to help you reconnect your mind, body, and spirit while releasing old beliefs, dogma, and expectations that no longer serve you. Each episode is packed with nuggets of wisdom that are sure to leave you feeling inspired, challenged, and empowered to take action in your own life. Shy away from tough topics? No way. In this space, we welcome things including mental health, sex, diversity, eating disorders, weight stigma, and all that comes with having a human experience. I'm so excited to have you on this journey with me, so grab a notebook, pen, and some headphones, and let's dive in. Hello, and welcome to episode 111, an angel number, which is so exciting, which is why I wanted to first start with reading you the explanation and the meaning behind the angel number 111. So if you're not familiar with angel numbers, I actually have an episode that talks a little bit about them, but angel numbers are essentially just repeating numbers, and they can be seen as signs from the universe that you are on the right track. So I looked up the meaning of the angel number 111. And it says that this is often associated with luck, love, and spirituality. You should recognize this as an invitation to pay attention to all the positive signs in your life and to everything that has been working out in your favor, which I think is such a great introduction to our wonderful guest, Trina J. today, who is a confidence and visibility coach. She is fantastic at helping women to recognize their gifts, to get that confidence so that they can show up on or off camera. She's particularly really interested in working with women with business ideas because she understands some of the inner conflicts that might go on as you want to show up and do your business and be seen and those inner conflicts that will surface when you do so. And so she arms these women with fantastic resources and coaching to be able to show up and share their gifts with the world. And I loved this conversation with her. She is so well-spoken and I know that you are going to get so much from this. So let's hop in to today's episode. All right. Welcome to the podcast, Trina J. Hello. Hi. So happy to have you here. And happy to be here. Yeah, I'm just super pumped to talk about this conversation all around like confidence. And I know you really spe- specify on confidence on screen and off screen. So I love that because I spend so much time talking about body image and how we can actually have confidence in ourselves and be comfortable in our skin without changing our bodies. And mm-hmm. so I'm really excited to just kind of hear like your evolution into confidence coaching in this arena and just kind of like see where that goes, especially like I want to tie in the body image piece from my end and just kind of see, um, what kind of revelations we can come to together. And just, I'm excited to learn from you today. So I would love for you to kind of just start about like your story, wherever you feel like it's relevant and how you got into doing the work you do. Oh man, my story. I'm like, how much time we got again, girl? Right. Right. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's like we all have this, we all have these beautiful stories uh, that that are all worthy of like movies and documentaries, right? I just, I love documentaries and I can always imagine like all of our stories are so documentary worthy, like get your mom in there, (laughs) get a couple of exes in there to like, (laughs) 
Um, but, but honestly, I think, you know, if I kind of say where, where this all began, just to kind of give cliff notes, I wasn't raised in kind of a traditional background, meaning I was raised by my grandmother. Mm-hmm. And everything that comes along with being raised by someone who's not your biological parents and all the questions of self-worth and, and, and why aren't my parents here and am mm-hmm. I worthy and all of those questions that come along with that. And then kind of segueing into college, getting into things like modeling. Like I was that girl who was like always at home dialing John Casablanca's like, I want to get signed up. Yes, I'm only five <laughs> one, but I'm really pretty and I'm really spunky. Yeah. <laughs> Like, like put me on a modeling call. And I think that even with my undergraduate, I originally started out like my freshman year was in journalism. And my uncle, who is kind of my 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 dad, and uh, he came to me once and he's like, hey, it's like he was really good friends with this journalist, a broadcast journalist in the area. I come from Oklahoma, so it's a pretty small town. And he happened to be friends with this journalist who passed away from a drunk driving accident. Um, someone hit her and he just came to me one day. I remember I was like on my way somewhere else going through the garage. He stopped me in my tracks and he was just like, hey, he's like, I know that you said you were going to school for like journalism, kind of like he didn't really know what that was, but yeah. you know, like, okay. But I feel like you could go into television. He's like, you remind me so much of my friend and you just, you know, you have this way about people. And of course, you know, you're pretty <laughs> and we can talk about all the complexes that come along with that. Right. Yeah. Um, and, and I said, Hmm. And I don't know, I don't know if it's just kind of the daddy's little girl thing or if he was really tapping into something that that I hadn't seen yet. And I went to my college counselor and changed my major from journalism to broadcasting. And while those things don't sound like they are worlds apart, they are worlds apart. One is writing, just strictly on narratives of writing. There's no visuals. You're just, you know, with work, working with words. Whereas with video, obviously, <laughs> there's so much more range. There's so much more creativity. Like I always joke, like while my like colleagues and my peers were writing papers as finals, I was making TV shows as finals. Like, you know, I'm watching Desperate Housewives as a, like a, a term assignment. So love it. <laughs> it's like a completely different world. But I say that to say that's kind of what brought me with the camera. But one of the things I started to notice uh, within, you know, myself, as well as so many other women friends, and I was raised by all of these strong older women of just everything that we go through that makes us struggle with ourselves. Mm-hmm. And, and it, you know, just the internal conflicts that women live with uh, this, this kind of like, I don't know if I should, I don't know if I can, who, who am I to have the audacity to shine bright? Who am I to have the audacity to do these things? And I think in a sense, being really young and naive, I just went for what I wanted at the time. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until kind of later in life, all of these kind of limiting narratives started to come up really like as I got older, which was kind of interesting because it was like mm-hmm. I was this fearless, like go for what I wanted type of person, didn't care what people thought, you know, doing local commercials, doing local radio, doing all these things in a very small pond. And 
then I started to get the backlash from that kind of stuff, from shining. Mm -hmm. And I believe to this day, I know that I had to wrestle with the idea of shining, the downsides of shining, you know, how we're dealing with trolls and and you deal with naysayers and, and you deal with haters and you deal with people who are pulling things out of your closet that you've forgotten about and saying, who do you think you are to shine because you did this in 2005? Yeah. (laughs) Uh, uh, That kind of a thing. And what I really noticed even now with everything. So I originally started out with health coaching, right? Mm -hmm. Right. All of the, the, you know, I, because I found, I reconnected with my inner badass through working out. Mm -hmm. And I thought this is the key for women, right? This is the key to unlock everything. It's like, once you do the pushups, once you do the burpees, (laughs) girl, they ain't going to be able to stop you. (laughs) (laughs) And and that kind of thing. Um, But there was so much that I was leaving on the table in terms of how I could really pour into people, mm-hmm. specifically again, women, and just how much the world had beat me down and how much I was trying to rise back up like the Phoenix from the ashes and being able to pour back into women to say, hey, maybe we haven't been through the same traumas, the same things, but if I can pull myself up off the floor, you know, like a spatula, you know, just like when you got mm-hmm. that thing that's stuck in a sticky pan and you're just like, <laughs> get it out of there. If I can do that with myself through my own struggles, then you can do the same mm-hmm. and, and fuck them. If they don't get on your bus, if, if they don't follow you, if they don't subscribe to your email list, fuck them because it's never been about them. It's always been about the girl in the mirror. Mm -hmm. And I say the girl not to diminish us, but a lot of our wounds come from that inner child. You know, those things that happen pretty early in our development that kind of stuck with us and that we've worn, whether they were badges of honor or badges of shame Mm -hmm. and, and how that has really morphed us into the woman that we've become and addressing that, that inner girl, addressing her pains, addressing her concerns, addressing her hurt, her betrayal, whether even we've betrayed that little girl at some point, you know, um, and, and addressing her and then going from there to rebuild into the woman that you truly want to become. And, and so that is why I do what I do, because I know that so many women have strong callings and things that they want to accomplish in, in business specifically. And there's so many narratives that we have that have either been given to us have been thrown or that we've taken as crosses to bear that keep us from living our light, keep us from shining as the stars we are, keep us from stepping into the gifts and keep us from walking through some of the obstacles that are a part of the journey of becoming the woman who's been forged through the fire. Cause everything ain't easy. You know, everything is not a, a yellow brick road to, you know, some of it is, is paved with some pretty tough stuff that you have to muddle your way through. Mm-hmm. And 
that is why I do confidence coaching. It's, you know, it sounds so kind of superficial when you say just confidence on camera. And that's why I stress the fact it's not about you just kind of showing up and kind of like wearing the mask of confidence while you're on camera. It's to translate off camera. It's for you to use the same skills that you use to hype yourself up, to get into your most confident self on camera and Mm -hmm. and use those skills off camera as well. So when you walk into that networking event, you've got your chin held high, your chest up, and you're like, yes, I deserve to be here. Whether you're speaking, public speaking for the first time, and you're just like, oh my God, who am I? You know, whether you are dealing with those body images issues. And, and you feel like, Hey, I'm trying to get to a place, but even on the journey, you are star Mm -hmm. even on the journey, because all of us are, are trying to mold ourselves in one place or another, whether it's seen or unseen, and we're sculpting ourselves. And the minute that you kind of got yourself crafted into just the way you want to look, life is spinning around and it's Mm -hmm. time to do it again. (laughs) You know what I mean? Um, And so, and so that's what I like to arm women with. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I I love just hearing the progression of your story and like just how you were able to come to all these realizations and really pulling out those specific things that came up for you specifically in broadcasting where it was like, should I be doing this? Can I do this? Like, who am I to do this? Which is what comes up for women a lot. I think, especially in business, which is where you really help them. And I love that you have the same kind of mold that I do with that inner childhood healing of like addressing that little girl inside and what is her concerns and where has she been betrayed by someone else or a, you know, a past story or even by, by you and how can we help to give her that, that healing and to really help her to pull that that inner truth back out that's been maybe silenced. Mm -hmm. And so I love that you really help to do that and then help to rebuild. And it's interesting as you were talking about like bringing that translation of on-camera confidence and how we have to kind of hype ourselves up in order to be in front of a camera. Um, As I was thinking back to like when I started in the health coaching field, I was like, I'm going to do live videos on Facebook. And I remember having to do that, like hype myself up because it was so scary at first because I didn't want to be seen or what if I said something wrong or what if I didn't know how to end the video or I messed up. Right. And it really did. I didn't realize it in the moment, but me showing up and doing those was something I was able to translate into my real life. That was previously pretty challenging. Mm -hmm. So I love that you really named that one. Yeah. And I mean, we have this with anything that we don't do normally. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? Whether it's running a marathon for the first time, maybe it is going to that first like group exercise event because normally you just do everything on your own and you're like yeah I'm probably fucking up with my form but (laughs) (laughs) nobody's been there to watch me right (laughs) And, and so it's it's anything that we're doing for the first time. And what's kind of interesting about just humans, this is not even just unique and specific to women. It's like, we have this kind of skewed perspective of like the people who are doing things and doing it well, were never afraid or intimidated by what they're doing. But it's like, you just like there are things that you do well now that are come to you like second nature 
it's the same way. It's the same way with any new learning curve, anything that we're doing new for the first time, it's all of this like intentionality and we're bringing like different parts of our brain to it. So of course you don't feel super confident about something that you're doing for the first time or the first few handful of times. And eventually just like riding a bike, just like driving a car, you start to kind of get more autonomous with those things. But yeah, whenever you're doing something new, you're going to question your you're going to have an air of, of self-doubt or like, what the fuck am I doing? <laughs> like, yeah. why do I, why am I here? Um, right. Do I belong here? All of those things are going to come up because you're in a new place and you're in a new space. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I think that's so true. And so I'm so glad that you named that. And because I think that's what stops people is they think that they need to get it right on the first try. And like, oh, I just need to find the confidence first, right? I'm sure you hear that a lot. Like once I find the confidence, then I will start my business or then I will show up and do my podcast or whatever it is. So I'm curious as to like, for, do, do you hear that a lot? And if so, like, how do you approach that? Yeah, I do hear that a lot because I think that a lot of women deal with perfectionism. You know, and this idea that it has to be, it has to be on a certain level. And specifically, I think even like people are, which is something I have to try to work through with people, but I think they're even a little intimidated by me, right? Because I I put up a certain level of content, but that's my own kind of way of just speaking creatively. But people think that, oh my God, if she makes these kind of videos and I'm her client, then I've got to make these kinds of videos. And it's like, eventually one day you might, but you may never do that. Most TikTokers don't make videos like I make videos and they have tons of followers. It's not about that. It's an air of confidence. It's not about a level of production or lighting or background. It's really about an inner energy. And I think that's the biggest message of confidence that I try to get over to people is that it's not about what you have on. It's not about your socioeconomic status. It's not about your body size, your dress size. It's none of that. It's inner. It's, it's how you feel about you because believe it or not, as woo woo as you may be or may not, or what you subscribe to thinking, there is an energetic level that all humans vibe on, mm-hmm. you know, and we can just feel things and we can feel when you're insecure, even through video, we can feel when you're confident, we can feel when you're in your you know, kind of your, your flow state, so to speak. And, and we love that. And we don't care if you have on a Hanes her way or a Yeezy t-shirt. We're <laughs> like, I am here for this magnetic energy. And that's all I'm trying to get people to do is like line up with your magnetic, magical parts of yourself that no one else can imp- you know, can uh, imitate, you know, it's like that, that saying I always love is like often imitated, but never to be duplicated. It's like, that's who we all are. We all are these works of art where, you know, people who know you or people who follow you can, you know, maybe steal some of your captions. Maybe they can steal your quotes, but they can't steal the essence of who you are. Right. No one can do that. And the more that you step into that, when we talk about, you know, competitive advantages as business owners, that's Mm -hmm. your biggest competitive advantage. It's just the unique essence of who you are. It's, it's as unique as your thumbprint and it cannot be duplicated by anyone else. So why don't you just step into that? 
Yeah. I love, love, love <laughs> that you highlight that the inner energy piece of it and how yeah. that is a unique piece that separates us from other people. And especially when it comes to like coach the coaching world or really any business world, I think what's, what can stop people as well is feeling like it's maybe saturated and like people already talk about this, but what is different is they don't talk about it. Like you do, they don't bring the energy mm-hmm. that you do. Right. And someone else is going to connect to you differently based on your story and your experiences. And so it's all worth being said. And I love that you started this entire story with saying that we all deserve a documentary because we all have those <laughs> stories and yeah. we all have those things that are worth sharing. And I think that's part of the reason I love podcasting is getting to like hear those stories because everyone's story is so unique and so special and has taught so many lessons And there's always this beautiful, like they never really knew where they were going, but they landed exactly where they needed to be. And I think that's so cool. Always, always. Everyone has their own hero's journey, you know? And, and I think that that's what we need to lean into is like, what, what are those parts of your story that are triumphant? Mm -hmm. You know, we often dwell, especially right now where there's so much healing work going on, which Mm -hmm. is beautiful. But I think that we dwell so much on the trauma that we've been through that we don't often glorify the triumphs that we've had. Because if you're still standing and you're of a certain age, you've been through some shit already, you know, and you found a way to navigate your way out of it. And, and, you know, there's varying degrees of challenges, but the whole point is what has been a struggle for you is a struggle for you. Mm-hmm. And, and if you found your way out of that, if you've pivoted, if you've learned something insightful about yourself, that, that should be something that you build your identity on mm-hmm. of like, I fucking found my way out of no way, you know, or I figured it out when I didn't have mentors and I didn't have all the tools at my disposal, or I've helped other people. A lot of us are such, such givers, which is why we want to start businesses. Right. And so many of us have these stories of where we've helped other people heal, or we've, or we've been a part of someone else's healing journey and step into that and own that of like, this is what I come from. I'm this kind of person. And there's some confidence that can be built from, from that place of like, I'm a person who's built up some other people as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love naming to recognize the triumphs within all of the the different traumas and experiences we've had. So when we allow ourselves to dwell on those things, while, you know, the healing work there is so impactful and needed, it's also important to recognize, like we are still standing here today. And look at all that we've dealt with and big or small, we are here and we have our life experiences and whether you are, you know, I think one thing that I used to, when I was like a baby coach, I'd be like, oh, you know, I don't have it all figured out yet. Like I'm not completely healed, you know, like I, and I, I've really learned that even when you are still healing, which we all are, we all have our own healing pieces. You still have so much to give and people can really learn from what you've experienced up until this point. Like I still am committed to doing my work all the time, but mm-hmm. I know that the experiences I've had thus far can be really impactful to someone else. And that's worth sharing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's not, you know, I think one thing that even I learned through, you know, there's this level of like imposter syndrome, especially yeah. stepping into coaching, right? And and you kind of have your people that you put on mountaintops and things like that. But the whole idea is like, 
just being a few steps in front of another person. You know, think of life like we're all climbing different mountains and you've got these different groups of people and different mountains and you can just kind of see them like little ants, you know, climbing up these mountains. And the person that's five feet in front of you can be way more impactful than the person who's, you know, miles and miles ahead of you. So Mm -hmm. sometimes it's not about being so far ahead of your clients or your audience or your followers. Sometimes it's about just being just a few steps in front of them and reaching that hand back to say, Hey, I'll help you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that's the best way to describe it because that like five feet in front, like you can see, like, you're like, Hey, I just went through this. I can help you. Yeah. Just just watch out for that stick. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) There's a rock right there. Make sure you pick your feet up. (laughs) So I love that. So good. So with confidence, I know that you had talked you do kind of address a lot of that, like inner child, like talking to that girl inside. I'm curious of like what other like tools and things that you use to help your clients become more confident, whether it be on camera or just yeah. in their lives. So when, when we get into this, this is where we get to where I nerd out, which is like the neuroscience of things, yeah. because I think a lot of us, we're always trying to wrap our mind around, you know, things. And, and sometimes with those narratives that we have that are limiting, there's a lot to unpack there. And sometimes it takes it takes too long, just, just <laughs> respect, right? Sometimes it can take too long to just really work through those narratives. And sometimes there's therapist help and not just a coach's help that we need to get over some of those narratives. But this is where I love like body hacking and body language things come into play. So there's things like power pose, which some people call superhero pose or wonder woman pose for, for us. And, and really that's something like just standing with your feet, hip width apart, you know, the typical, just wonder woman, superhero pose, hands on your hip, chest so high. No, it's like, you can't do it. You can't say it without doing it. And just like standing, even in your chair, you'll find that if you do that head held high and you do this for anywhere from five seconds to 30 seconds, seconds. It's like, you're just, this is your way of telling, having your body instead of trying to get your mind to wrap around. I'm confident. I'm beautiful. I'm all the things it's Mm -hmm. like, just, just fuck it. Like let your body do the talking for you and your body will start to tell your mind. And this is scientifically proven. There's plenty of studies on power pose, Google it. Don't trust me. Google it yourself. And, and that's one way. There's also studies that show that when we are happy and confident that we walk with wider strides. So you might be thinking kind of that goofy, like what I like to think of as like inspector gadget or pink Panther kind of walk of just like cocky, you know, maybe a little confused, but (laughs) just, just really cocky and confident walk. And it may seem super silly. These things seem really silly, but they're worth doing because I mean, you know, it's just a way for you to step into a happier place, be more magnetic and things like that. There's, you can do a few pushups and just through that adrenaline and that strength that you've built and and just kind of, you know, you might need to drink a glass of water to kind of rehydrate before you (laughs) get off camera. 
but, but things like this that help you just step into that more confidence for women. I'm always like, girls start dancing. Like we all love a good tune and it's hard to be moody when you're shaking your booty. So just (laughs) get up and dance. You know, there's another study that shows dancing with your arms wide open. So kind of, you know, I think of it like the contemporary dance and you're just like, Oh, extending through the fingertips. Yeah. (laughs) And that kind of thing. Well, so basically, from a physiological perspective, anything that's open is basically saying, like, I'm fearless. Because when we're we're like this, like physically, you're vulnerable when you have your arms open, right? You know, you're not protecting yourself. But if you think about kind of fighting, these are usually your fighting stances. Or if you think about even like sadness you know, your shoulders roll over and there's a lot of things that happen here that are closed off when you feel like you need to protect yourself. But confidence is about, hey, whatever the fucking world throws at me, I'm ready for it. So bring it, you know, I think of that, uh, you know, this is aging myself probably, but like, I know what you did last summer when she's like, Mm -hmm. what are you waiting for? (laughs) (laughs) That is it, because that's a confident place of like, I don't care what the world, you know, from a physical standpoint, but that's basically what you're sending to your brain. It's like, I don't care what the world brings to me, bring on your trolls, bring on your negative comments, bring on your unfollows, bring on your criticism, who do you think you are? And I'm, I can take it. I can take it because here's the thing. There are always going to be those people, but there's also going to be those people that are like, what Kool-Aid is this girl sipping on? (laughs) And can I have a cup of that, please? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so, and so this is what we have to remember is like, anytime you're standing and you become, you, you make yourself a public figure of some sort, which most of us who have businesses are, Mm -hmm. there's going to be the downside that comes with that. Not everyone is going to love you, nor should they. You know, if you think about how many musicians there are in the world, how many artists there are, how many writers there are, everyone has their preferences, right? We have preferences on genres that we like, you know, whether we like rock, whether we like R&B, whether we like this artist, whether we like old 90s throwbacks, or whether Mm -hmm. we like, you know, just all new, 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 new. Mm -hmm. Why don't we allow other people to do that with us? Mm -hmm. Why does everyone to watch our show? You know, (laughs) why? So what you're doing is you're waving your flag, your, your weird flag, your fabulous flag, your all the things flag. And then you're saying, Hey, for everyone who's into this, here I am, come Mm -hmm. and get it. And for everyone who isn't, bye. Yeah. (laughs) And that's okay. Like, you know, like, I don't know what, what, what would you do if the whole world liked you? Yeah, it would be a little strange, right? Like, I feel like there's a lot that can be learned from that polarization. And like, it can show us not only things about ourselves, but a lot of times it really is just about that person. And like, I truly don't want everyone to like me either. Like, I want them to find the people that they vibe with and that really speaks to them in their journey. Like, I'm not for everyone and that's okay. Just like, you're not for everyone and that's okay. And I think owning that, And just recognizing that what you have to share is important and whoever shows up to your party is supposed to be there. And the people who don't like, okay, that's fine. 
Like, but you have that curated (laughs) group now who is like really into learning from you or engaging with you. And it's just a better experience that way anyways. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love that you brought up the body language piece and like how our body is able to kind of help our mind when it might be struggling. Cause I, I find that connection between our mind and body can be really challenging. And when, especially because our mind is so active and it's saying all these things, like Mm -hmm. you need to be saying the right things or, Oh my gosh, why did you say that filler word again? Or whatever it is that you're saying to yourself. And when we can actually just allow our body to take upon that position and practice that I I had a coach once who would used to do that. He used to like practice power posing and like all the affirmations and things. And it really does help. Like even it just rolling your shoulders back, taking a deep breath and like relaxing and opening your body, it makes a huge difference. And it tells your mind and body that like, Hey, we're good. Everything's safe. Let's go. Yes. (laughs) And that's, and it's, it's really interesting because you have to think of how much, especially as women, how much we have to live in kind of a protection mode for so many different reasons, right? And and so there is a level of just biologically, we have a protection and we have hypervigilance for for very animalistic reasons, right? And, And so when we are stepping into the world, we just have to remind ourselves that part of this is natural, that I would want to protect myself, that I wouldn't want to, to have people poking and prodding at, at my, at my being for whatever reason, even, even if it's just with their words. And so it's normal to feel that inclination and that initial kind of resistance or hesitation to exposure to the public. Like it's just normal Mm -hmm. and that's okay. It doesn't mean that I can't still go forth and conquer. It's just a normal inclination. I think if we normalize those, those very natural feelings that come up with any kind of exposure to the public, that's normal. That's normal. Okay. I'm good. It's normal for me to feel that way and moving on. (laughs) And we don't have to, you know, we get, we get caught up in the spiral sometimes of like, oh my God, I'm nervous. I shouldn't be nervous because people who, people who do this for a living never get nervous. And now I'm, I'm just a fraud. I don't mean, you know, and it's the spin out (laughs) that happens before the thing. And it's just like, Oh no, that's, it's normal. Like, you know, some of the biggest actors get nervous before they go and perform on like Broadway, like you hear it all the time and they, but they use it Mm -hmm. and we can do the same. Yeah. I love normalizing that, that, that feeling because that really helps to people to recognize like, okay, I don't have to feel completely ready or not nervous at all. Like that's not a requirement in order for me to go out and be seen and do this work. And in whatever form that might look like, it might look like social media, it might look like public speaking or just, you know, being in a leadership role or, or any kind of role within your career or even your relationship and just being able to hold that ground. And yeah, I I love all of that. Um, I had a thought and then it escaped me. (laughs) I do think that happens. So good. But outside of like the body language and things like that, um, what are maybe some things that have helped? Is this something that you've have found? It looks like you went from journalism to broadcasting and like you were modeling before that, or you were interested in that. So was this something that was a struggle for you is finding that confidence at first? 
So it's kind of interesting because as I explained, like I felt like I had the confidence in my 20s and right. then the world kind of like had its impact on me. And then I was like, oh, shit, like, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> and so, so really what I spent in my my probably late 20s to early 30s was like regaining that confidence Mm -hmm. and kind of going back to that that 20 something early 20 something version of myself who was like you know interviewing celebrities and being in commercials and doing all the things and was kind of like this little badass who didn't give a fuck like and I kept going like what was she? Well, I mean, like where was she at? What was she thinking about? And so kind of to get down a rabbit hole of a little bit of a story here is I had gone and done a Disney program in school. Mm -hmm. And then I went and I fell in love. And then I got all off track. And Kanye was coming out with his college dropout album. And I had dropped out of college in the name of love. (laughs) And so I was living in like Orlando, Florida with this guy. And um, girl, I had tried on a wedding dress and everything. Oh, my Lord, let's just... (sighs) many things, right? (laughs) That's why I said we all have documentary worthy stories. Mm -hmm. Um, But when that relationship didn't go well, I was in Orlando, Florida, trying to figure out how to get into like a junior college. Mm -hmm. And the relationship really wasn't going the way that it should go. And there were some red flags, they were coming at me like, (laughs) like, you know, like stoplights. Mm -hmm. And So when I decided to leave the relationship and kind of, you know, take the humble ride back to Oklahoma from exciting Florida, I, I made up in my mind, I was just like, you know what, I felt like I had given up my life for, you know, a boy, Mm -hmm. just let's be real. And I kind of came back with this, like, I'm going to do everything that I ever wanted to do no fears. I'm going to make the calls. Like I'm going to get an internship. I'm, I'm going to start acting. I'm going to do all of the things that are important to me that I've basically sidelined for this, for the sake of this relationship. And that was the energy that I had back then. And so what I found kind of in more recent years was the same thing of like, what has been holding me back? you know, and this is where I encourage women to, to really journal and get raw and real with yourself about what's really holding you back Mm -hmm. because, you know, we can sit and talk all the affirmations and do all the things, but it's a little bit of spiritual bypassing, right? It's a little bit of like not really dealing with the root of what's going on and just kind of superseding to this false bravado of like confidence and things like that. But when you deal with things from the very root of where, where they stem from, whether it's, you know, daddy issues, whether it's, you know, something that happened to you that was very unfortunate at a certain certain age or wherever these things come from, when you deal with the root cause, you have a whole nother level of real confidence. You know what I mean? Like, and I started to notice that I started to notice what the difference was between like the kind of pretending and the, like that kind of, you know, taking my shower and saying all the affirmations and then like going into the world and then feeling like I had to do that like every day. And it's kind of like, why, why do I have such a heavy reliance on this practice? If I don't do it, it's literally like, I can't, you know, perform Mm -hmm. and then getting really real and like, 
I'm not going to be able to avoid the painful stuff. I'm not going to be able to avoid the tough, you know, that inner girl stuff. I'm not going to, it's not going to happen, you know? (laughs) And, And I think that's the real, like, kind of underlying thing of all of this confidence is there, there's no false way. There's no easy way. There's no just reading of a book. It's really about reading the book of your history and, and, and going back to uncover those moments that kind of stripped you of your confidence, your power and, and how to recover how to recover, but also you can't heal what you don't feel. So first you got to allow yourself to feel it. And that's, that's tough. You know, it doesn't feel good. It doesn't feel good to say, oh, these are daddy issues. <laughs> right. Like, oh, you know, I want, I wanted to, I wanted this better relationship with my father. So I tried to be everything that I thought he wanted me to be. So now I'm kind of living this life of like, look at me, daddy, look at me, daddy, look at me, daddy. And yeah. then it's like, okay, well, how do I heal that? How do I, how do I deal with these things? Yeah. And then once I let go of this little girl that needs to be seen by her daddy, then I can be a woman who has an impact that she wants to make on the world. I love this. Because she understands that yeah. other women are dealing with their own versions of daddy see me and, and wanting to help other women from whatever place they're trying to recover from to stand and live in their light. Because there's so many amazing like women that want to heal that want to teach, uh, uh, you know, want to teach things like knitting because they're connected to their family and their roots through this. And they want to be able to just say, Hey guys, here's how you knit the sweater and here's why I'm teaching it. And just being so afraid because they had a narcissistic parent who made them feel like they were less than when they were a kid. And so now everything needs to be perfect and it's never going to be perfect enough and blah, 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 blah. and all the things that come along with that. And, and so, yeah, so that's a lot to say, like being real with yourself about the roots of yeah. your lack of confidence. Yes. Is I, I the beginning that. birthplace of, of the birthplace of a new you to be as yes. dramatic as possible. <laughs> yeah. And, and just normalizing again that like, yeah, there isn't really an easy way and we can, we can do the routines and say the affirmations, but like, and I did all that too. So like, when you said that, I was like, man, I rec- I like really resonate with that because what I was doing to, you know, really bypass the, the pain I was experiencing and not being real and raw and honest with where I was at and what I was experiencing was like relying on like diet plans and workout plans. If I do this perfectly and like get here then, you know, the pain will go away. And then the pain got worse. And it was like, oh, weird. Now I'm going to have to like actually confront this because going through this process wasn't actually the fixer, right? I have to actually allow myself to feel and to go through this. And it might be a little like mucky in there and it might feel really not great, but this is where, you know, having mentors like yourself or having community around that can be so Mm -hmm. supportive in helping you to normalize those thought processes that are going on the, you know, the messiness that is healing because it's no straight line path. Nope, (laughs) not at all. So I would love to hear the different avenues in which you're able to support women who might need some of this amazing energy that you bring on confidence and all of the things that you offer for them if they're interested. 
Yeah. So, so my bait, as I say, my bait is about video, (laughs) (laughs) but but yes. So women can work with me. I do have this really exciting new offering, which is kind of like this entry point with me, which is called the video jumpstart call. So Mm -hmm. for anyone out there, who's got tons of ideas, because women be bringing the ideas Mm -hmm. and you're trying to figure out how do I execute this? What do I do? And you feel all of this pressure to kind of make things happen happen all by yourself. And then that is what the video jumpstart call is because it's an opportunity for you to sit down with me virtually cups of coffee, cups of kombucha are welcome. And we just kind of go through what are your ideas? What do you want to see for your business? And then how can I support you with either coming up with a plan or helping you get some clarity in a specific idea? Or even if you're just in need of ideas, because a lot of women are like, okay, this is great. I've found my niche. I found my calling, but like, where do I start? What do I do? Where's my beginning place? So that's why I offer the jumpstart call because it's one of those kind of low investment, but high value offerings that I can do for women. So yeah. So go to prettymotivated.com and book your jumpstart session because those calls are killer. (laughs) Amazing. If I do say so myself. (laughs) I know that they are just by all the energy I feel from you here on this interview and then just following you on Instagram. And I know you have a podcast as well, right? I do. Thank you for asking. So it's called the Trina J show and we dive into great conversations like this. Um, There's a combination of interviewing, but I also give lots of video tips and hacks on episodes. So yeah, if you are curious, then definitely visit that on Apple Spotify, basically anywhere podcasts are. <laughs> yeah, perfect. Yes, I highly encourage all of you out there to go check Atrina out. She's a fun person to follow online. And I just have loved getting to, to know you through the interwebs and through our, our chats here. Oh, I love it. Thank you so much for having me, Katie. I was like, oh, when you emailed me, I was like, yeah, girl. Yeah. <laughs> let's go. <laughs> well, I know they that it was like, hold on, hold on. Yeah. Wait, let's do it next week. <laughs> right. <laughs> Well, I just love all the value you've brought. So thank you so much. I know everyone's going to like walk away with like so much value. So you're awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening in to this week's episode of the Mind and Body Strong podcast. If you loved this episode, it would mean the absolute world to me if you could leave a five-star rating and review or share a screenshot of the episode on your social media platforms. This helps even more women be able to find the podcast and move towards their own personal transformation. Or come on over to Instagram and send me a DM. Let me know what you thought of the episode or let me know about future topics you'd love to hear here on the podcast. Sending love to you no matter where you're at in the world, my friends. Until next week, take care.